Once again, we are in the book of Romans. And sometimes we're going to take sections of Romans and look at it in a study sense. Uh, for instance, the first four studies have been sections of the Scripture. This morning we're going to pick up again where we left off last week, only we're going to spend a little time just considering some statements here made in verse 17. But I want to read, I want to read verses 16 with it, if you would. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And that was our subject last week, the gospel of Christ. He's not ashamed to preach it. He's not ashamed to tell it over and over and over again. This is what God's people need. We need to hear our Lord's word and how everything provided for us is provided by the one who has all power in heaven and earth. I'm not ashamed, he says, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want to talk to you this morning about what we see here in verse 17. The righteousness of God revealed. The righteousness of Christ. How is this righteousness revealed? Now first off, what is the righteousness of Christ? It's the blood of the holy creator of all that is. The righteousness of Christ is perfect righteousness. It's not something you and I can imagine in our own minds because we're sinful from head to toe. Everything about us, even our best thoughts, are filled with sin. That was not so with Christ. He knew no sin. He never sinned. He was perfect in every way. He was the, the holy blood of God, the holy one of Israel. This righteousness is revealed to us, is revealed to us that it is His righteousness. It's, it's the righteousness of the perfect creator of everything that was. And how is this righteousness revealed? It's revealed to us by the Father. Our Lord said in, in the book of John, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father in heaven. It's not something, folks, we can learn by sitting down and reading the Word of God. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that you can't just sit down and read the Word of God and be saved. God the Spirit, God the Father, must come and reveal His Son in truth and in spirit to the, to the spirit of His people. It's revealed from faith to faith. What does that mean? That means that those who are, have that God-given faith, first off, that faith is always in Christ Jesus and Him alone. We have no confidence in this flesh. There's no confidence in this one who stands before you. Mike and I were talking about that just a moment ago. He says, I hate, I hate being questionable of some. I said, brother, you better be questionable of me all the time. He goes, oh, well, I am of you. And I said, good. Good. You should be. Be as the Bereans. Check the word of God. Look into the Word of God to make sure the man standing before you, and I don't care if it's Don Fortin or Gene Harmon or John Reed, make sure that it's in God's Word and that he's speaking of God's grace to his people. Always. 
face to face. When we go about our lives, Kevin and I were talking about this earlier this morning, you know, we do grow in grace. But that grace comes to us through the knowledge of who our Savior is. We grow. That means we start a little bit and we continue to get more. We get more of His grace to us. And when we see the wonderfulness, the, the magnitude of our Savior's grace to us, we can't help but be more gracious in the way we walk. There's a line, as Mike and I were talking about, between grace and the responsibility of man. And nobody, is, as I mentioned to him, not even Don Fortner, not Henry Mahan, none of them can tell you where that line is. But there is a line. Faith to faith. How, how is this revealed from faith to faith? I, I talk to you about the faith that I have when I'm, when I'm struggling with something that is burdened on my, li on my, on my life. And I know I don't share all of it with you, but I share enough with you to know that I have burdens too, just like all of us do. And when you share with me your burdens or with one of the brothers and sisters your burdens, the, 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 the waves that are crashing against your boat as you go through this world, we share each other's faith. You know, I know how you feel. I know. I know what you're going through. You're not in the boat alone. Some of us have gone through things similar to what you're going through. And, and we put these things at the feet of our Savior. You know, our faith is in the fact that this, this world, this valley of the shadow of death that we walk through is troubled. All of us have our troubles. But we know our Lord works it all out. We know that as we go through this world of troubles, there's going to be a day that comes where we're going to leave this world. And we're going to go into eternity where there shall be no more tears. There shall be no more sorrows. Where we'll stand in the presence of our Lord and Savior forever. And some of us who are closer to that door than others, we know this. And we look forward to it. And I'm talking about my pastor. Pastor Gene and his wife Judy. Waiting day by day. We're just waiting for the day, John. We're just waiting for the day. Waiting for the Lord to take us home. Today's the same as it was yesterday. We're just waiting for the day. It says the just shall live by faith. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Turn over to John 3.16 and let's read some very familiar words. In John 3.16, we read these words, For God so loved the world, for my Savior, His love for His people, throughout all of time, throughout all of the time of the world, sent Him to be our propitiation. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How can we not perish? How can we have everlasting life? Because our Lord and Savior sent His Son to be our substitute. 
He spared not His own Son, but sent Him to die on the cross for us. And we believe because of Him. Look at verse 17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God, that they are wrought. My deeds, my deeds of faith, my expressions of faith are not wrought within John Reeves. They're wrought within my Lord and Savior who brings, who has begun a, book, a good work in me and will complete it till the end. We trust in God and that is the basis for all of our deeds and all of our thoughts. Now that does not give us a carte blanche to go and commit sin. Many will say, John, you're, you're opening the door for those to just go about and sin willy-nilly any way they want. I'm telling you, God's people know that is not so. Our faith is a faith that is received of God to trust Him through all of our good times and troubled times. His promises are true and sure. Yes, He has promises he has promised good to us, yet He also promises rough times, times of trouble, times of trials. And Christ is the victor over all of our trials. Death cannot take us. He has conquered death by dying in our stead. Is that not what His Word tells us? Henry Mahan wrote these words. He says, here is the test. Everyone that loves and practices evil hates the light, the truth of God, neither cometh to the light. Why? Lest their deeds would be er which would be shown and error and sin should be revealed and judged in them. We were looking at the, uh, the book of Mark on Friday night. And for those of you who were able to join us, you'll recall there, uh, the Lord brought a parable about a vineyard that he had planted and the day came when he left the vineyard to some husbandmen. And then while he was away, he sent some of his servants to go and collect the fruit of that vineyard. And they beat him and they sent him away. And several times they beat others and threw rocks and they actually killed some. So finally the Lord sent the, the master, the, 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 the head of, of the vineyard, he sent back his son, his only begotten son, and they killed him. Now, these self-righteous very religious people heard the parable and they knew the Lord was speaking of them and what they had done to the prophets. They knew that they were, the Lord was speaking of them before they were the ones who had all of the oracles of God. God didn't send His oracles out to the Gentiles till after Christ had come and been, and been crucified. These men knew that God was talking about them and what was their what was their reaction to it? They wanted to kill him. They wanted to hush him up. All they could see was their accuser. That's what this is talking about, what Henry Man is talking about here. 
And sin should be revealed and judged. That's what they were considering. Christ was standing there judging their sin. This is why men, goes on Henry, in the religious worldly refuse the scriptures as they are. As they are. God's word condemns us. God's word convicts us. God's word shuts us up to the mercy of God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then on the other hand, he that doeth truth, it says, which describes what is the characteristic of every believer, they cometh to the light. Henry says, note the present tense. He comes again and again and again to the word of God. That's what we do as children of God. That's why we like to come together on Sunday mornings. That's why we have such a joy coming together on Friday nights and, and joining others on Wednesday nights on this on the on the wonderful technology that God has given us. We love to come to God over and over and over again to see His grace in our lives, to learn of God and of Himself and His blessed Redeemer. The believer finds his comfort, his strength, his help, his directions, and hope in exceeding great and precious promises of the Word of God. Turn over to the 119th Psalm. Psalms number 119. We're going to look at several verses in that to confirm what Henry just wrote. And I've gone through this time and checked them. I apologize that I did not do that the last time. I, don't, I may have wrote down the wrong uh, verse on it. it. It might have been my fault. But look at, look at Psalms number 119. I want to look at several sections of verse in the, one, in the 119th Psalm. <clears throat> Beginning at uh, verse 9. Psalms, ver Psalms 119, beginning at verse 9. Wherewith all shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O Lord. O let me not wander from thy commandments. And then verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, this is the child of God who reads the word of God and has given, been given the faith of God to understand and believe God. We see the mercy of God in, in his word and it says, I have hid mine, I, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. See? We don't have a card block to go out and sin. Now, look over at the same thing. Psalms number uh, 119, verses 17 and 18. Deal bountiful with thy servant that I may live and do well. Keep thy word. That's our, that's our desire. What is our responsibility? I can't tell you where that line is, but I can tell you the Lord teaches it in every part of his scriptures. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. That word keep means to be to obey. Verse 18, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Isn't that interesting, Brother Mike, that we were talking about that this morning? And here in this God's word, we're looking right at these things, aren't we? Look over at Psalms number 119, verse 49 and 50. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. 
One more, if you would, over one, uh, verse 103 and one, to 105. Verse 103 to 105. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts, through thy teachings, I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, one more if you would, and we'll, call, uh, we'll come to a close. Turn over to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Look with me, if you would, at verse 20. Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, let's begin, let's begin at verse 19. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. And then here in verse 20 we read these words. I am crucified with Christ, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. The just shall live by faith. Pretty hard to picture ourselves as the just, isn't it? But I know that deep down in every child of God, we know that that is true because that's what God's Word says. If I look at the mirror, I see a very unjust, very sinful man. But when I stop looking at the mirror and I look to my Savior, I remember what He has told me. All of my iniquity he has taken upon himself. Buried with himself when he went to the cross and was buried. And now he has arisen, sitting on his throne. Victor, even over my faith. Amen.